0: We're reading through Luke, and there's like a passage in Luke 5 where a man with leprosy like asks Jesus, like, if you're willing, heal me. Reading this passage, like I realized I have never asked for that, like healing in my own life, and so I did. That was like the starting point of a lot of healing.
1: Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series, or to find out more, you can head to www.mycollectivechurch.com/ysm. We hope you enjoy these stories. Thank you so much for listening to the Your Story Matters podcast, a podcast where people from collective uh, share about uh, the highs and lows of their life. They talk about their faith. They talk about their experiences with God, the good and the bad. Um, but really it's a podcast about vulnerability and sharing our stories and how we've seen God work in our lives and how um, we wanna see him continue to work. And so right now we are in the final quarter of, of this podcast, it's been an incredible journey so far. And one thing I do wanna encourage you, if you're listening for the first time today, if you just picked this up, um, if you're new to Collective, and um, you just found our podcast, I strongly want to encourage you to go back and listen from story one. Um, because while every story is unique and powerful and encouraging, um, it really is the, the group of these stories together that really show who collective is, but more importantly, who God is. And so uh, make sure to jump back, listen to this one first, but um, make sure you, you create time on your way to work, you create time on your morning walk, uh, you create time when you're doing dishes and you don't want to hear, hear your kids screaming in the background to to listen to this podcast and hear stories of real people that you can see worshiping with you every single Sunday. Um, the people who share on this podcast are not uh, mystery people. They're not uh, people that we reach out to because they have something important to share. It's just people that uh, chose vulnerability and, and are leaning in. and. Uh, I'm really excited as we continue in this series today because I have uh, a couple with me who I've grown to love and really enjoy being around. Mitch and Katie, thank you guys for sharing because your guys' faith is is just so tangible, and um, I think it relates really well to a lot of people listening today. So uh, if you're listening today, you're in for a treat, and we're we're excited that you're going to uh, go on this, this ride with us today. So uh, Mitch, we're going to start with you. Same question we start every podcast with, uh, what was your childhood like? Um, where did you grow up family? You know, did you have siblings and, uh, more importantly in that childhood, what was faith like if there was faith at all for you and your family?
2: Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in a small county outside of Richmond, Virginia, uh, had parents, two parents and a younger brother. And I'd say it was a good childhood. Um, grew up, I was always trying to be kind of the, the best kid, tried to excel in school, um, tried to really do well, and felt, I guess, a good amount of pressure to, to do well. And for for all of that and, and how fun and good childhood was growing up, uh, it was lacking one thing, which was faith. So my family was not Christian um did not practice any religion um when i kind of got older they you know i asked them about it one day and they said like hey when we die we die is what we believe and um you know a very scientific materialistic like world approach without much spirituality in it and you know at the time it made perfect sense to me um and they said Uh, This is something some people believe and they get a lot of like joy and value for it but like for us we don't Um, and uh, One thing I found kind of interesting looking back is that actually they took me and my brother to church um, For a few weeks and they're like hey, this is what it is. This is what other people believe and um, But it's just not for us Uh, so that's really how much of my the beginning of my life was up until high school and Kind of as high school was starting, I had, you know, some issues making friends. I, I was an annoying kid. Um, I was not probably the kindest person. I, I cared way more about school than really, like, building friendships sure, and relationships sure, yeah, and yeah. just kind of all of that. And, um in retrospect, I didn't think about it much at a time, but I had like my four closest friends in elementary school, they all moved away to like other states. Yeah. Um, my really close friend in middle school went to a different high school, uh, and that kind of just made that transition difficult, um, as well as all the feelings as a teenager. Um, yeah, mad B-G, at the world, B-G emotions. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> like, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and kind of all that, but, you know, started listening to like grunge, turn rock music. Yeah, I'm into that. It's yeah, good. sure you can really. It helps, it helps. It does, <laughs> yeah. it does. Um, but kind of hit a point in in high school where I was trying to figure myself out more, um, started to make some friends on the track team uh, that I've stayed close to this, to this day. Uh, and one of the things that happened is that they invited me to church. Wow. Uh, I had a few of my, the friend group I was in, a handful of them went to church. And I wasn't really interested at all. I was like, "Yeah, it sounds like a boring way to spend a Sunday morning. I'd rather do something else. You know, we just ran into track next Saturday. Yeah. I can't do that. Um, but they also invited me to Bible study, and Bible study is Wednesday mornings at Chick-fil-A. I was like, well, all my friends are getting Chick-fil-A in the morning. I didn't yeah. put up the Bible study <laughs> yeah, for that, so. It was a good bribe. Uh, That's good, I'm gonna take note of that. Yeah. <laughs> It's good marketing, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I went and I kind of I was also taking a philosophy class in high school, and I was really trying to explore like what is the meaning of life. I it, it kind of connected with me even that early that there's got to be yeah. some point to something, otherwise you fall into nihilism. Like, yep. why am I doing this? Why am I doing anything? Yep. Um, what is the point? And. I started spending more of my more of my free time looking at all these different religions philosophers studying John Locke studying Buddhism studying um, the Tao and and just looking into all these different religions and perspectives and I started getting some good information and, and purpose and philosophy from that uh, but then ultimately a lot of them were like this doesn't make any sense like there's yeah. good stuff to pull yeah. from it but yep. like it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. and as far as that that too is what Enticed me to check out Bible study with, wow. with these friends who had invited me and I couldn't break Christianity right away Like yeah. I couldn't like yeah. find where it was faulty or, or broken up there You know, there's always some questions about the little things But the main point of the message the main point yeah. of Jesus was like, okay, I don't this this makes sense Yeah, so it, it made more sense to me than I ever thought anything would at the time and that that kind of struck me that took me through High school and I I was say I was dabbling and then I was going into college and I saw college really as a place where I could Kind of reinvent myself. Yeah, you know, whatever weights I carried From high school or perceptions people thought of me is like, oh, I can really Find a new life or or pursue whatever my interests are and and one of those things was like I'll probably keep looking into what Christianity is and that brings us up to college and I found um, within the first Couple of days there, there was a flyer at the dorm room. It was like, oh, Christianity having an event. We're having burgers. We're going to play basketball, stuff like that. So I took the one other guy I knew from my high school who went up there, and we, we went to the event and became involved. Yeah. Um, and th- and that led into a lot more. That led into me leading eventually leading a small group, led into me meeting Katie almost immediately, um, within the first few days of college. She had already been there for a year. Yeah. And we became quick friends. Yeah. Not so quick, started dating and <laughs> a relationship. That took a while, okay. but became um, friends quickly. So it yeah, um, kind of brings us up to that.
1: Katie, we'll, we'll get your story in a second. Mitch, there aren't many people who then go to college and go, oh, I'm going to lean in more, right? Specifically because um, you didn't go to a Christian college. You went to a very big school in Virginia at George Mason, um, which is spread out. For people who don't know George Mason, there's a lot of kids that go there. Um, it's very—I don't want to say it's very commuter heavy, but like it, it's there's more people there than you think are there because of the area that it's in. And so you—you you, it would have been really easy for you to like find pockets of people because there's so many of them where faith isn't a part of that. And so when you
2: went there, what made you lean in more? Part of me is not really sure why, why I kept at it. You um, know, you know, I think some of that was, was God moving yeah. in my life. Yeah. Part of it too, is I think a, a desire for a, a very deep desire for community and friendship. I, I had thought that would be in other people, friends, or like a romantic relationship, a girlfriend, mm-hmm. and yep. kind of feeling this like pang of missing, missing that in my life yeah. and I definitely did not understand or comprehend what that was at the time, but I was missing like a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with God. So looking into that, I think at the time it was a more selfish perspective of like, if I want good relationships with people, people to like me, like I need to be a good person. I need to become and grow into the person that someone wants me to be. And I think both in personal experience, but I think culture also, especially college culture, it, it, there isn't a lot of like, hey, be a man, step up, be responsible, you know, be a leader. Yeah. Um, and I, I was searching for that, and it wasn't just Christianity. I joined a lot, joined a lot of clubs. I was entirely too busy, another character flaw, um, definitely my first few years of college. But I, I pursued a lot of different things yeah. and relationships, and, and really college is just like, okay, I'm, I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know what I want. I'm gonna go look at everything. And at that point in time, I hadn't found a way to rule Christianity out as the perspective. So I did that along with thirty other things. And then four years later it's like, oh the only club I'm in is the Christian ministry club. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you're a
1: super analytical person. So you keep saying, you know, you couldn't rule out Christianity and, And like the way you think, that that is how you think. You know, and as an analytical person, it wasn't just you you kind of dabbled in in both of the feelings of like, like there's this there's this like internal heart thing. But then there's also like your brain. You know, oftentimes we, we we get caught in that in Christianity where we're like our heart leans toward Jesus, but our brain is like, this can't be real. But realistically, when you dig into it from both sides, you see, oh, crap. Like it, it is real and it does align and your heart and your head don't have to go different directions with it. So it's interesting that your heart kind of pulled you to that place. And then your brain was kind of your safety net of like, is this real? Yeah. And and it kind of, it, it led you there. You know, you, you joke about joining 30, 30 clubs. I don't know if that's a good idea when you go to college. Um, but I do think what is a good idea is specifically for people who are trying to like lean into their faith. It's doing faith and Like one or two other things and comparing what those things feel like. You know, Christian ministry, the church, our church, it's not perfect people, right? So you can't be upset when like something doesn't go perfectly. But if it is a healthy thing, which you guys were a part of something that was really healthy, you notice pretty quickly, oh, there's something different about this. I I do wanna encourage our teenagers who are listening when you go to college, you don't have to choose faith or, it can be faith and and you can figure this out together and if you do it the right way you know what Mitch is saying is eventually all the other cards fall over and the one that's real like will stay standing Um, but a lot of people as soon as they get to college they're like okay the faith thing I'm going to offload to see if it's real and I'm going to go do these other things And it's like no that's not it like do do the and and kind of go from there Um, all right so Katie for you same question where did you grow up childhood faith all that stuff and then get us to the point where you meet Mitch uh, and you guys start dating.
0: Yeah, so I grew up in Waldorf, Maryland. I'm the oldest of three kids and I, I had a really good childhood. I was really, I felt loved and supported. Um, we had a really like happy home. We went to church and Sunday school every Sunday pretty much and yeah, like my church life and my home life all felt really good but I do remember like kind of as a kid always wanting to fit in and never really feeling like I did and so I was became a pretty insecure kid even though like I had a lot of like good stuff and love and support going on at home and like the church we went to was really that was a really good community as well it was a pretty small church so like we were really well known, like me and my family. And so like I knew people cared for me there and everything as well, but like in school and like as a kid ended up feeling like, yeah, pretty much like I didn't fit in. And so I would say that kind of led to a lot of expectations that I put on myself to be really like high achieving like if I did all these things like if I was the best at school I would make friends if I did all the sports if I did all the clubs like I was doing everything like then I would fit in that really started to take hold I feel like in middle school carried me into high school it also started to affect my body image and I developed like pretty severe restricted eating um, like borderline eating disorder so like That's kind of like where I was going into high school. And I grew up in the Lutheran church. So when you're in like the eighth grade, you do your confirmation, which is basically like, you're standing up and you're saying you believe all the things that your parents said at your infant baptism, (laughs) um, but you're 13. (laughs) And so like, I was like, I just said all of these things that I believe, but I've like never read my Bible or like I've never, Like, I don't, I should probably read my Bible and like actually understand what I'm just now telling people I believe, you know, like, but in the church community I was in, nobody talked about doing like your own Bible study or like personal relationship with Jesus or like praying on your own and stuff. It was like really everyone went to church or they like were really involved in church things, but no one talked about that personal relationship. So I would like maybe read it for a week or, like, for Lent, I would be like, I'm going to read it every yeah, day. Yeah, and like, 40
1: days. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, like, it, it didn't really, nothing really took hold. And, like, I always believed in God. And then I think it was maybe, like, partway through high school that I, so kind of, like, a few years after, I was like, maybe I should understand what I'm telling everyone I believe. I felt like there was something missing. Like, there had to be more to faith than what I was, like, seeing. Sure. But I was I was super involved in church. a like guy. I, I did the youth group. We still went to church and Sunday school on Sundays. I worked in the nursery. I like served. They even had like a youth position on the church council that I did for like what? a year. Yeah, oh,
1: that's youth so, dangerous. That's so dangerous. You that's really, cool. ha- no, you really had cool. no voice. I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, That I mean that is cool. I'd be terrified to have a student be like, you know what we should do.
0: <laughs> and like around me, like that's that's how people like all the people I knew that were really strong in their faith like that's what they did they just like were super involved and so I was like I feel like there has to be something more but I'm doing all this stuff so like I don't know what's missing so I just kind of kept doing what I was doing kind of like feeding it with like high achieving like really feeling like all these perfectionist like expectations and tendencies and that's kind of where I was going into college as well. Senior year of high school was really hard, growing apart from some friends. I had put all this pressure on me to get college completely right. Like I had to pick the right college, I had to pick the right major, like couldn't get any of that wrong. So that was like a lot of pressure. And then um, that summer right before college, I had kind of lost two more friends that were kind of like, we can't be friends with you going into college. And like, that, that was like all I got at the time. Like a few months into college, the guy who'd been dating in high school, we broke up and then like I had started to make some friends in college from my orientation, like freshman orientation yeah. group. Yeah. And then like they started dating. So then they also kind of like fell away. So I'm like a few months into college and I, I feel really alone, like all of my high achieving perfectionism, eating disorder, like all of that is still going on. Yeah. But kind of like at that same time, for whatever reason, I had decided to join a campus ministry. Like someone from my home church had mentioned university, and so I was just like, okay, that's the one I'll check out. Yeah. Um, and it, it checked out. So I kept going to that. Um, I showed up really early in college, actually, like the first or second week. And they like plugged me into a, a freshman small group, freshman women's small group. Um, and so it was kind of like simultaneously to feeling like really low and like, I can't trust people and I'm all alone and like all of this stuff, like God is meeting me like through the people that I'm meeting in this ministry. And like, for the first time I'm learning about personal relationship with Jesus and like reading my Bible and praying and like, I don't know, like authentic relationships and like all of this like really good stuff. Um, and I'm kind of like, this is what has been missing. You yeah. know, like this is what I was feeling was missing, um, but I just didn't know what it was before. And so simultaneously going through the freshman year of college, like trying to figure out what what do I really want to be involved in to make friends? like do i do I want to rush? Do I want to like keep yeah. with this ministry, like all that kind of stuff. But I do stick with the ministry. I, apply to be a freshman woman small group leader for my sophomore year of college. And when you apply to be a small group leader, you have to go to this like week of camp where they like teach you how to be a small group leader. Um, And so we're like at this week of camp and we're reading through Luke and there's like a passage in Luke five where a man with leprosy like asks Jesus, like if you're willing, heal me. And Jesus is like, yeah, I choose to heal you. You're healed. And it was kind of like reading this passage, like I realized I have never asked for that like healing in my own life. And so I did. And I feel like that was like really the pivotal turning point of like I'd been learning all these things about personal relationship with Jesus. Now I was really, really going to own it. It was like the starting point of a lot of healing for my eating disorder, the perfectionism, the high achieving, like starting to like work through all of that and shed all of that. And so that's basically I'm like really committed to that, Um, like just building my relationship with Jesus and all of that, going into sophomore year of college, um, where I'm also now leading freshman women, small group. I meet Mitch. He joins the ministry that year. We meet, we become friends. But that's like really all it is for like most of college. And then it's it's the very beginning of my senior year of college and Mitch's junior year of college. And we're we're both finally like single at the same time. Yeah. Um, and we we were really good friends, and so it was kind of this like weird, like, we're probably gonna date. <laughs> we're, we're,
1: we're probably already together. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but like I had just come out of a pretty long-term relationship and Mitch was like working through some other stuff So even then we like didn't date for like several months. Yeah, we wanted to be in the right space for it Yeah, at that point, it's my senior year of college like I'm having to figure out what am I gonna do next? Yeah. Um, and I I really thought I was gonna go abroad after college Like I had all these plans like I didn't really care how I got there I was just gonna like leave the country <laughs> yeah. and go do something yeah. like I was like I don't like global missions I'll get a master's abroad like I'll do something else um, in another country and so like there was also this tension of like like I'm not even dating Mitch yet but like how do I like decide what to do after college create space for this to potentially be a thing yeah and I had one friend very bluntly just be like if you go abroad like you don't have the opportunity to like build this relationship on any foundation and so like it's not going to happen because i think at the time i was kind of like well like we've been friends for so long yeah. like why why would it matter like even if we were dating and i went away for a year like it would be fine yeah. um it probably would not have I was been like, fine no, there's no way to, <laughs> i'm over like, here thinking like there's <laughs> no way this would have worked I was
1: just analyzing it and going no if the data says no this isn't it
0: um but what was really key was that the, the ministry we're in does, like, at a national level, does a global missions conference every three years. And it was that. They do it, like, the week between Christmas and New Year's. And it was that week of my senior year. And I was like, this is going to be great. Like, this is what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to just leave the country. And I go. And, like, on the opening night, the keynote is this woman who basically – was like, I was here 20 years ago as a student and I thought I was gonna go do missions and then I came to this conference and God was like, stay. And I was wow. like, I just, had this, <laughs> I just had this like sinking feeling in my heart. Yeah. I was like, that's me. That is kind of like what I felt was like, now is not the time, like don't do that. And so um, kind of like coming back from that, I had decided to look in the DC area for jobs We started dating, like, the day after I came back from that conference.
1: I mean, mean, you you laugh, but, like, you are praying. So this is different now, right? You're not just existing in the space of faith. You know, Mitch, at this point, like, you're leaned just as far in to campus ministry. Um, You're involved. You guys are both, like, kind of high-level involvement, high-level leading in this thing. And, like, you know, it's not just i don't want people to think that you you know let us just a small group for fresh women like there's so much growth in yourselves faith in yourselves um really i think both of you in college there was always that void always that longing but in your 20s your early 20s it clicked you know and you're praying now to god saying god <laughs> yeah. show me something mm-hmm. and god's like I'm going to close this door. But what happens oftentimes with faith is, re- is we're like, God, give me this answer about this one thing. And here's this other thing over here that I also want to answer about, but I'm not going to pray about this one right now because there's this really important thing. And God will close a door or open a door, whatever it may be, and we forget how that relates to that other thing. you mm-hmm. you, know? So you, But like you prayed and you asked God, God, is this what I'm supposed to do? God was like, no, I'm closing this door. But then you didn't go, woe is me. Yeah, I'm so sad now. It was crap. If you're closing this door, therefore... There's something else that you're asking me to do. It's a beautiful place to be in your faith with Jesus. It's closed doors suck. But what I admire about you guys is that when a door closes, you don't just like sit in that space and be like, I wanted it. Like I wanted that door to be open. You recognize, okay, God, if this is the path that I'm on and you're telling me not this way, I need to then shift over to the next one and, and see what that is. And that's that's really what that is. But you only get to that place because of the fact that you've developed like a true you know, community with who Jesus is in in, in your life. You know, um, which so before you before you start talking <laughs> about God telling you to date, um, what did faith feel like, Mitch? Specifically, at this point, you know, you're a junior. What, what did your relationship with God feel like? Because you weren't analyzing, you know, anymore. You were in,
2: but so for you personally, though, how did that feel? I was still wrestling with it. So we kind of came up through my freshman year, and then I, I joined a small group, and then it was springtime, I was like, okay, I'll start leading. I volunteered to lead, but I was wholly unqualified for the job <laughs> sure, by any sure, by sure. any sure. sense someone might think of. I mean, yeah. here's a kid who's been to church three or four times in his life, a handful of Bible studies, and started going to a um, Christian ministry at college. Yeah. Like, By all accounts, I should not have been the person to do that, but I felt called and compelled to, to kind of start into that. And I think a lot of it was the people around me. It was, I had developed some really close and good friendships with people, found some other people who were analytic and really wanted mm-hmm. to r- read their Bible, get into like the depths of what Christianity means and come at it from a space that was more logical rather than just a feeling. And I so I found the group of community. I'd also found, um, they partnered me up with, Um, somebody else who was amazing who grew up in the church um who had you know really had the feelings part of it figured out um and we just we we melded very well leading that group together and then kind of starting on that group i mean it was i don't know what you want from me god here like but i'm i'm gonna do it And, and seeing the fruit of that in like other college men who were coming and joining and then staying oh they're sticking around they're not leaving yeah um that that's when it started to like really hit me. But even then I I was in college. So there was weeks where it was like, my faith was super strong and I'm like crushed again. And then I'm like, why am I even in a Christian ministry at all? It rode some waves of like really highs and some like lows and uncertainty, which is a lot of that process. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's healthy for anybody, beginning of faith,
2: middle of faith, end of faith, whatever that looks like to have questions. But going into junior year, you know, I had just been in one of those seasons of of more doubt and more wrestling with God. And I was in a relationship um, with somebody who's not Christian and it did not end well. So I was single by the time Katie was single. But as she was saying, like, I was like, I need to figure myself out before any of this. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of like kind of soul searching during that time. and. I had taken the Enneagram yep. and I was I thought I was an Enneagram two and like serving and caring for people. I'm a three. Interesting. I was just trying to be Yeah. Be a I was being a three of being a two. I was trying to be like the best two ever, absolutely All achieving right. at it. And I was realizing this part of me that I was like, Oh, I'm I've kinda got this backwards like um I'm trying to not fail ever. Yeah. Um and you know here are all these ways i failed that i'm realizing that hurt in me i was kind of waking up to a lot of that and i was i was also waking up to the portion of like now i actually know and have a relationship with god to some degree um i've been leading in this ministry but i'm still trying to derive value from relationships with other people yeah. whether it be a girlfriend or friends and derive worth from that yeah um and it, it was really a point where i stood up in my life i'm like no like I, I love myself. I'm happy with myself. Like, I am valuable. Yeah. Um, when I was saying that to God, it kind of felt like He was with me. It's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're stepping out of the nest now. Like, yeah. you're realizing, like, you're, you're good, you're valuable, like, here you are. It's like, cool. And then it was like three days later, Katie's single, and we started dating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I was, I've been wanting this for so long, but yeah. as soon as I was like, I don't need this anymore, so I realized that but... your value doesn't come from Yeah. yeah. I and mean, then it was yeah. like, within, it was immediate.
1: Yeah. So you start dating. For both of you, you've had other relationships in the past. From the get, does it feel different? Or you know, does it just feel like, oh, we're both single and we enjoy each other's company, therefore we're dating? What, what was that like when you guys first started dating? Because it, it seems like, from the listener's perspective, the on-ramp feels like a really good on-ramp, mm-hmm. right? You're praying to God, God closes the door. You're trying to find value in other people, God says, don't do that, find it in me these light bulb things happen then you start dating so it feels like hey this is
2: going to be good is it yeah. yeah it's easy looking back to like see the on-ramp at the time yeah you know you don't sure don't really notice it but yeah it was a good start i mean so that was also the only time in a relationship until we got married that we were in the same place
0: like i had dated people from church but like i think this is the first relationship we both had where we were like embodying Christ and like really like leaning in and pushing after it. So it was a really good start. But then I graduate like four months later yeah, and I move an hour away to Frederick, August of 2019. I don't know anybody here. Um, I've never even really been here. I got a job on Fort Detrick. So the only thing I knew about Frederick was Fort Detrick and that's Anthrax. Yeah, it's like, it's not a great, like, I was like, this is going to suck. The
1: the jewel of Frederick. (laughs) Well,
0: that and, like, I'm from Southern Maryland. So as far as I'm concerned, Frederick is Western Maryland. There's nothing going on in Western Maryland. But, yeah, I didn't know anybody. I pretty immediately didn't really like the job I had accepted. I didn't really like the housing situation I was in. Like, But I knew from college, like, how good small groups were. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to find a church in Frederick that had small groups. Um, Cause I was like, that's, that's how I'll actually meet people um, and get to know people. Was just Googling churches in the area. Again, I don't know anybody here. Yeah. I don't know anybody from here. Like no one is telling me anything about Frederick. And I like, narrow it down to two. One of them puts their podcasts on Spotify yeah. <laughs> so I can listen before I go and that's collective. Yeah. Um, so I listen a few times. i i come a few times um most of the time i come alone but i i do sign up for a small group like the very first week that i'm there but i i had a lot of trouble connecting at first part of it was i moved here and i got really depressed yeah and so it was like taking everything in me to show up to these events and so like i just didn't have any more energy to do the like talking to a stranger part you know i would spend like monday through friday like going to this job that i Wasn't really liking from the beginning coming home and sitting alone in my house Until I went to bed and just like doing that like every day for five days But then my community that I knew like a lot of them were still at Mason or in Fairfax So I could drive an hour and be with my friends. I could drive an hour and be Visit Mitch and stuff. And so I also wasn't really here to be connected either
1: Well, and you also didn't think you'd be here long term.
0: I yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was like the position I accepted was a two-year term limit, so yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So when you know there's a there's an end to it, it's easy to say, well, it, c- two years doesn't f- sound like a long time. It it, it is two years is because a, a lot mm-hmm. for you guys know, a lot happened in the next two years. You yeah, know? you were 22 mm-hmm. at the time. It is very very hard in every church for people, college and post college, immediately post college, to connect in a church. You know, when you're in high school and middle school, there's all these things just for high school and middle schoolers. There's this extra thing, this special events. Then in college, if you lean into the faith, it's similar. It's just for you. But then all of a sudden you you leave that space and you head into a church and it's it's and this is national for people in their young twenties, it's what is my place here? And it's it's yeah. it is so, so, so
0: tough. And I, I knew from small group in college, like what I wanted and I knew like what really good community felt like and so that that also made missing it like even worse like so much harder to like be here and be trying to find that and like not able to for a while for like a host of reasons yeah
1: yeah and that's any this could be a whole other podcast like how do you kind of move through life whether it's moving physically moving or you know, life change and stay connected to faith. Cause so much of it has to be personal. So Mitch, for you, you're still, you're still at Mason. You're still plugged in. Take us to the point of graduation and what comes next for you guys. Because obviously everybody listening knows, you know, Katie just mentioned it's 2019 fall of 2019 when you up And that's like every podcast we're like, and then the fall of 2019 and everybody knows what happens next. Yeah. But, For you guys, like, take us through your senior year and I guess take us to the point of COVID.
2: Summer or summer going into senior year, Katie's now working nine to five. I'm still doing college hours. I turned 21 late. So, like, I was, like, ready to party, enjoy my senior year. I'm now at this Christian ministry that is awesome. But now I'm missing, you know, Mm -hmm, my favorite mm -hmm. person who's no longer at any of the events. Well, Um,
0: and I... I think what's important, too, is, like, we had also agreed, like, I didn't want Miss, Mitch missing senior year of college to come see me all the time, yeah. too, you know? And yeah. so, like, there's, there's that kind of playing into all of this yeah. at yeah. the same time of, like, there's certain things you only get senior year. And so, like, him making sure he has time to be present yeah. in that. Yeah.
2: yeah. But I, I was enjoying senior year. I mean, it was, it was great. Um, I go see Katie. We're now in this point of a relationship where we're long distance, and now that we, we see each other, we're hundred percent with each other. Yeah. Then we move into next year in January. And before COVID hits, everything in my life was going well. Um, But then I lost my grandmother to cancer, a cousin and a family friend of mine, um, who were both younger than me, also passed away. I got pretty sick, which I think might've been COVID. I was feeling burnout in the Christian ministry. The guy I was partnered with to lead my group had graduated early. I was with somebody. Who was used to be one of the group members, who who was great and really good and really strong Christian, but like we just we didn't have that same yeah. connection with each other. And then COVID hit, and I was just home alone, or I had roommates, but I just didn't leave my house for like months. Yeah, it was a tough.
1: Yeah. A yeah. Because you finished your senior season. year.
2: Yeah. In, lockdown. in COVID. Yeah. yeah. In lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. We're supposed to have. We had a week of spring break, and they were like, "We're gonna make it two weeks. We're gonna make it. Th- we're just not coming back oh, to yeah. school." Oh yeah. And then it was, everything's online. So it was. So you did graduate though, right? I did. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
0: And like kind of for me, so like it was kind of like around like December 2019-ish when like I finally acknowledged that I was actually feeling really depressed and that was like a lot of the problems I had in Frederick. And so we, like I come back from the holidays to Frederick and I'm like, okay, like I'm going to be active in my small group. I'm. I have to be in Frederick on Sundays like that was like a priority that I set which like made it hard for us too because like if Mitch has things going on in college it's usually on a Saturday yeah and so then like if we were gonna see each other it'd be on a Sunday but then now if I'm like I need to be in Frederick to go to church it's putting a lot of the burden on him to come to me or I can't go see him till after church which is just like a shorter time I'm like reprioritizing and like starting to feel better, like making some decisions, I decided to find a new job. I was in a fellowship program. It's not uncommon to switch after your first year, but you have to tell the your boss that you're gonna you want to switch because you're switching internally. And so, as you're looking for a new lab to join, like people want to make sure you're leaving for the yeah. right reasons, like yeah. not because you're the problem. And so, like I had to tell my PI that I was gonna leave. I wanted to leave. So I'm, like, making moves where, like, I'm, like, okay, like, things should get better. Yeah. And then COVID hits. So no one's going to hire anybody because you – I was working in a lab in, when COVID hit. Like, you can't take that home. Yeah. I was employed, but I had nothing to do. Yeah. And, like, what was really hard, too, at that time was, like, not really knowing if I could even see Mitch. Like, we yeah. weren't we weren't in the same bubble. Like, you know, like, we were living an hour apart. He had all of, like, his roommates and, like – they were seeing whoever they were seeing. So, like, if I went there, like, who yeah, knows? Like, arrived. you know, and it's, like, the sh- and it's it's the shutdown. So, like, everyone is, like, really, like, what is going on? And mm-hmm. then I think, like, that summer, there's kind of this tension of, like, Mitch is, has accepted a job where he stays in Northern Virginia. I don't really know where my next job is, but as far as I know, like, I'm staying in Frederick. And so, like, there's this kind of tension of, like, well, we're not going to lose this distance until we get married. Like, yep. I I can't afford to live in Northern Virginia on my own. Like, I don't know anybody there either for roommates. And then it's like, so it's kind of like, well, when, when are we going to get married? Yeah. When are we going to get engaged and like that's kind of like, not to be dramatic, it felt so dramatic at the time, <laughs> but it was like, that's the only way out of this is yeah. like, yeah. like we're living apart until like we're living this hour apart until we yeah. get married. And so then there's a lot of like that kind of going on in that summer as yeah. well.
1: With conversations you had to have yeah. yeah, because because of the distance that you had that year, but also because of COVID, it was like crap when you're not in each other's like immediately, especially like not in the same bubble, you're like, why aren't we in the same bubble? Like why yeah. like this is what I want. When did you get engaged
2: then?
0: February 2021.
2: Yeah, it was a while after that. I had one like I want to graduate, I want to get a stable job, I want to get an apartment before thinking about any of this. And Katie was like D- just just propose, like let's just well, let's just go for no, it. No, no.
0: <laughs> we agreed that we we knew at this time that we wanted to get
2: married. Yeah. We just yeah. didn't
0: know the timing of any of it. And yeah. so I was like, there's no reason you can't plan the wedding
2: Yeah.
0: and like have it lined. Cause there's also a logistical side of getting married for us, you know, like we have leases that are ending yep. at certain times. Yep. Like there's yep. all yep. of those Timing. things to yep. consider yep. too. And so it's like, when's, yeah. when's it gonna happen, buddy? Come on yeah.
2: bro. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot, <laughs> it's all this magical when you're lining up leases and stuff. You're yeah, like, oh wait, yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah. the yeah. world yes. is yes. a much more yes. real yes. place yes. than everybody you yep. see in the movies. <laughs> yeah, um, and it never works. Well, yeah, ever and it, didn't. It, and it can't but kind of before all that and like, you know, I'm graduating college I mean, I think this is the girl I want to marry and then um, Taking through all the things like Katie always wanted to go abroad I don't want to hold her back from that Like I want sure. her to live her best life that she wants to pursue like it looks I found the job I was really interested in and I love that's in Northern Virginia like I'm looking like I'm gonna be here she wants to get out like I don't think I want to hold her back from that if I love her well. Yeah. Um, and then also it's too, it's like, okay, at my own life. I'm like, well, I also really value her. Like, do I really want to stay? Like everything's lining sure. up for me to be in this place, friends, career, whatever. But like ultimately, like what matters the most in life, yeah. you know, and, and that's God. And then in this desire for, for like marriage and a family um, mm-hmm. below that, and I'm like, well, if i have my priority straight there, like how am I lining up the rest of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wrestled a lot with like all those thoughts and doubt. I'm like, what do you want me to do? God, what do I want to do? Like, what is, how does this all fit?
1: It wasn't a doubt with the relationship. It was just no, like, it'd yeah. be nice if it all fits neatly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those little yeah. nesting dolls where it's like, you know, we,
2: they all stack on top of each other and it just, it just doesn't. Can it. I cram mm-hmm. the square block into the round yeah, hole? Yeah, like, yeah, please yeah, God, yeah, let me know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't see the way forward, but like, I, I need to yeah. trust yeah. you and hope it works out. Yeah.
0: And there was like a lot of family expectations working through too. Like we were 22 having these conversations and none of our, neither of our parents got married anywhere near that young. And so there's like a lot of that, like, how do you have that conversation?
1: But you guys got engaged February of 2021, but that's still like, you know, the engagement still wasn't okay. Everything's solved. Well get us to the wedding Mm -hmm. and then let's talk about what it's been like since then.
0: We pretty much dive straight into wedding planning. I wanted to get married in the fall, and so it was like, okay, that's like seven months yeah. or that's like a year and seven months, yeah. so we're going to do seven months. Mitch has a lease. We both have leases that end in summer, though, so Mitch and Mitch's landlord wouldn't extend his, so he moves to Bethesda in June. Okay, um, And we kind of just, like, looked at a map, um, and I was – working in Rockville, supposedly still going to end up back in the office at some point. And Mitch was working out in Chantilly. And then I was going to start a master's program in Baltimore. Yeah. And so like, if you look at the map, that was in the middle. Yeah. And so we yeah. just kind of picked it. I guess this is like spoiler alert, but it never really occurred to us that we wouldn't be able to find a church there sure. or anything. Like we just kind of assumed like things would work where we moved.
1: I do want to say this to you it wasn't that it wasn't a thought, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so I don't want yeah, people to that, be like, yeah. what do you mean master's program and two jobs and you picked a place like faith in, in, in church and church and doing this together mm-hmm. was absolutely okay. a huge priority for you guys. Yeah. The thought, and we've even talked about this yeah. naively from you guys and even myself was you'll find something, mm-hmm. you know, I'll help you and you'll, it'll, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. So, it was a priority it just we just kind of went
2: into it
0: thought it would happen yeah we, we
2: yeah. assumed there'd be a church that would be a fit in that area you know yep. it's a big area there's a lot of people we'll find something yep. yeah one of the biggest mistakes i've made in leading
1: collective and being a pastor is telling people hey when you move you'll totally find something that connects and something like collective and i said that for years and you guys are one of the couples where I'm like, oh my gosh, that was terrible advice that I gave to people because I, because naively even th- thought that. So I, I do want to get that out there so people don't think that you like abandoned the yeah, Jesus stuff because yeah. you guys understood getting married and and getting out of the college ministry, which was so good but so specific mm-hmm. that you knew what you were looking for and what you needed. The hope was you picked this place and there's a stretch for everything. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a job stretch, there's a little bit of a social stretch, a, a Jesus stretch, but ultimately, it could be a good stretch.
0: Yeah.
1: It just wasn't.
0: Yeah, so Mitch has to move there in June because of his lease, so he starts driving, he starts that long commute to Chantilly before we even married. My landlord was flexible enough to let me like stay in Frederick until we got married it's still really COVID-y things are yeah. like, there's gathering limits, there's mask mandates yeah. still. I had a really close relationship with my grandmother, but I didn't see her after we got engaged because she was really high risk for yeah. COVID. Um, and so then about two months into our engagement, she goes into the hospital with COVID and, um is gone in a week and that really really rocked me i never got to show her my engagement ring like i never got to go see her in person to celebrate this really big thing (laughs) she didn't like aging (laughs) which is like a weird thing to say but she she would like say these things like oh i don't know if i'll make it to 85 or like whatever like just like kind of throughout her my whole life But as far back as I can remember, like I would always just say, well, you just have to make it to my wedding. Um, And we thought we did, like we were engaged. There was a date set. She made it through a year of this pandemic. And so that happens in early May. I didn't understand why, like why now? Why this time? Why me? Why all of these things? And um, it was kind of the first and only time so far, I guess, that faith couldn't answer these questions, yeah. and neither could science, you know, yeah. like, and I, I'm i working on the literal vaccine rollout,
2: yeah.
0: and, like, I, so I know, like, these stats about, like, COVID treatments, and vaccines, and all these things, like, inside and out, and backwards and forwards, and so, like, it just, like, didn't feel fair that that's what... Happened when it happened. And I tried to take it to God. You know, like I tried to like pray about it and just be like, God, I'm angry or God, I don't understand or um, just like all of that. But it it didn't make me feel any better. Yeah. And usually like if I was like praying about it, then I would just end up crying for hours. If I tried to read my Bible about anything else, something would still trigger it and I would just cry for hours. Um. And so I kind of stopped yeah i stopped really processing any of that grief for a lot of people around me like they had never experienced grief to that degree so they didn't really know how to care for me they were doing their best but also like it happened a month ago like people other if it's not you like you forget or like you don't forget but you stop checking in and so like what ended up happening was i really really compartmentalized my faith you know and so like if it had to do with planning our marriage and preparing for a wedding and all of that stuff like i was like i was still like leaning really in like praying over that and like reading books and all of this stuff but like anything else i was like completely disengaged yeah. because it it didn't make me feel any better and i didn't know how to keep telling god like why why me why this or those kinds of things when it just would lead to being overcome with grief yeah. and triggering it.
1: And that's one of the complicated things about grief. And, and um, we we're really lucky to have a grief counselor on the podcast, but then also share it collective. And it took us too long as a church to talk about grief. And, and I and I know people are like, no churches talk about grief. And it's like, cool, we're not no churches, we're collective. People talk about grief as a process. And then Karen's like, no, it's a, it's a state of being. And it's hard because you think I need to work through this grief and you have to, you do have to work. You can't, you can't not sit in it, but the work is like, what am I grieving? And and you were grieving the loss of a grandparent that you loved, but you were also grieving that she wouldn't be at the wedding. you were also grieving your future, expectations that she would be there when these milestones happen. You also were grieving not having the opportunity to say goodbye. Like grief is so layered that we focus on the loss. And that's why I'm very thankful when Karen shared like, hold on, loss is grief, but like it's not just the loss of a person. It's the loss of everything else that comes with that. When Lazarus dies and they're like, he's dead, Jesus. Like it's time to move on. And Jesus weeps anyways. And so going into your wedding in limits. You guys were also getting married down in Montgomery County. So the rules kept changing.
0: And then that summer of 2021 is when things kind of like felt good and everyone was like so happy, like, this is great. But I work in public health. I knew what was coming and I knew we were planning a fall wedding and I knew it was going to pick up again in the fall. I didn't know when, yeah, I didn't know when, but I knew it was going to like, that's just how these things work at the time Um, and it's actually it's not funny but people were like stop being so pessimistic and I was like it's it's what's gonna happen and it did in August Mm -hmm. is when one of the I think it was Delta started picking up and we were getting married in Montgomery County and so that was the strictest county and so we we never knew like what it was going to be until it came down to it like we had we made like 10 guests lists it's yeah, like 10 25 now. 50 just so that like if we were thrown into that like the emotion was already taken out of it we could just be like okay this is what here's we said was 50 B, yeah. yeah here's yeah. what we said was 25. it ended up no gathering limits there was a mask mandate in montgomery county but
1: during your wedding
0: yeah you just didn't have to have it on if you were eating or drinking and it's a wedding so huh. everyone is eating and drinking
1: I totally forgot about that. But there was technically. And we were outside. We were outside. We were outside, oh, yeah, yeah. We were
0: outside for a lot of it. Um, and then, like during the reception, you were eating and drinking, so you didn't have to have it. But there was technically one in place, but no gathering limits. So that that was good. But yeah, like our we we got there. It was really it was a really good wedding. It was beautiful. It was really yeah. It, um, yeah I'm understanding it, was,
1: it. It no, I mean it for all that you you guys went through, it was so peaceful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it felt, I mean, Oasis, right? Like it's it's this. It's crazy to me to think that you guys got married during the like the COVID season. I I, I know it was obviously if I if I sit and think about it, but it it was a respite. Like it was it was all it really what it was. It was all the hard things that you had been through were gone for a night. Yeah. I remember for me, it was cool because I got I got to do the wedding. It was beautiful. And one of the conversations that we had that night was, hey, I don't know where you're going to end up, but I'm seeing now all of it. And it's like, you've got to figure this out. You know, you got to lean into this because there are people there that you'd served with in ministry, who'd served under you in ministry, who'd served above you in ministry. And just like the things that you guys were searching for, that purity of like what God had done, like for that night, you like felt all of it. But, you know doesn't necessarily change things, right? So you guys do get married, beautiful wedding. It's the fall of 2021. Things are getting a little bit better. T- tell us about the last few years.
2: So I got the road of the distance. And then, you know, when we used to see each other before, I'd spend 100% of my time with Katie, we'd only do everything together because we had that like little time. And now I have 100% of my time to spend with Katie because we're living together. And, yeah. you know, after a few weeks, I'm like, I need a break. Like, yeah. I need some time for myself. Yeah. What does time for myself look like? So mm-hmm. we had to navigate and mm-hmm. find all that out because I'm like, am I feeling selfish? You know, what's going on? I'm like, oh, no, we just, you don't spend all your time with the person. Like, Spend a lot of your time, but like, you need, yeah. you need your own time to spend with God sometimes. You need your own time to pursue your own hobbies mm-hmm. and activities yep. and things. And um, we're
0: in very opposite situations where I'm the extrovert working from home, yeah, and oh, he's geez. the introvert yes. working yeah. in the office. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) Mitch gets home from work, and he's like, I need hours to decompress, and I'm like, a person to talk to. Yeah, Um,
2: yeah, it was like, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're, like, figuring out how to be married, basically. We are trying to find a church in Montgomery County. But, yeah, so kind of, like, on top of, like, not having been in the same city since the first four months of our dating relationship, on top of, like, being newly married trying to figure that out we get back from our honeymoon and we only have about three weeks where we are home in our apartment with nothing going on before there's this stretch from like mid-november through the new year where we're gone every single weekend like there's something going on like it's the holidays it's other people's weddings like it's just Thing. So there's a lot of tension there because there was no time to set up a routine. There was no time to figure anything out in those first few months. Mitch was in grad school and working. And then kind of on top of all of this, I have all of this grief bubbling up again. I couldn't compartmentalize anymore. Like the wedding was over. Like we were yeah. just married yeah. now. Just married now. We were married now. Um, and so like, but what kept happening was that It mostly came up as anger. And so we would get into these fights over, like, something small that annoyed me. And then, like, they would escalate, like, way beyond what they needed to be for, like, whatever I said it was about. And then, like, somewhere in the middle of the argument, it would switch to being angry about the timing and everything of my grandmother's passing. And then end with me just grieving again. And so that kind of, like, that was happening pretty often in that season, but it was also, it was the holidays. It was really easy to be like, this is because it's the first holiday season without my grandmother, or this yeah. is because we have yeah. no routine. This is because we are constantly traveling and that's just stressful too. So January comes, we're kind of like out of that like crazy time where we have no routine, but it it's like still happening. And we don't have a church at this point. Like we, we've come out of the other side of all this travel. So we're, we're trying to find churches in Montgomery County. We're visiting different ones every week.
2: Limited success. Like mm-hmm. we found a church for really like, like, um, but everybody's over 60. They're yeah. great people. Yeah. They're yeah. definitely following God. Like it's fantastic, but there's nobody our age. Yep. Like we need community. We yeah. find a church that has community and young people. Um, oh, it's kind of a college right by a college. So people are going in and out, but also it's a Twenty-five minute drive, twenty-five thirty minute drive. I'll just drive an extra ten minutes to Collective. Yeah. Collective's great at that yeah. point. Like it's not that yeah. much closer.
0: And then, basically, sometime in January, we have another fight, and I just like have this realization. I'm like, I can't do this on my own. Like, I I clearly don't know how to work through all of this grief. I clearly don't know how to get past it. Like, I need help with this. And. The only place I knew that could potentially help me was Collective. Um, like, you know, Collective talks a lot about counseling and mental health. And so so I send this super cryptic email to Michael. Yep. Yeah. That's basically like, does Collective have grief counseling, Katie? Like, that's it. <laughs> but that's all I could do. And I knew, yeah. I, I knew I needed to do it then. Otherwise, I wasn't going to do it in the morning. Um, you get back to me. I'm able to tell you a little bit more. And so the week that I also start my graduate program on top of my full-time job, I'm now also starting counseling in Frederick yeah. while living in Bethesda.
2: So, you know, finding a lot of, like, time for pay- for faith. I'm not, like, I'm not reading my Bible as much anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm not spending as much time. I am I used to be super involved in ministry um, in college, but now I'm not involved at all. I'm just focused purely yeah. on all this.
1: But in the season you were in, cause I'd see a collective every once in a while. And it was always like, Hey, how are things going? You guys have always been very honest with me. Um, Katie specifically, you're like, it sucks. And I'm like, okay, I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, let me do some research for you. And this is part of the n- the naivety that I've had is you've had a lot of life experience at collective, a lot more than I think I understood even. And and it's not life experience like Michael did our wedding. Therefore, it wasn't that because we had talked about that at your wedding. Going hey, mm-hmm. like if there was a way to bless whatever comes next, it was I hate that you guys will end up somewhere else. But man, like you've yeah. got I've got your back on this. But you guys have been through so much, and collective was a piece of it. Not a not like a foundational piece, but like it was there. And it's really hard. It's another thing, Katie, as you're grieving. You guys kind of had to grieve the loss of not just like the collective community that you had like started to step into, but also the community from, from Mason. It was incredible, yeah. incredible for you guys, but it wasn't, it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And so there was a lot of change, a lot of good change, but a lot of things that you guys had to decide, leave behind isn't the right word, but kind of had to step out of and into this next thing, mm-hmm. and that's hard. Um, that's hard for anybody. It's hard in a new marriage. It's hard whether you're young or old, but you guys went through a lot in a few years um, after having a few years of, of good. You know, it's not to say your college years didn't have any hardships, but it was like, there's a lot of healing and growth and finding yourselves and finding the right person. And then three or four years of just what the heck is going on? Job changes, Life changes. But one thing I do want to commend you guys for is even in all the chaos, right, Mitch? And you just said, I wasn't reading my Bible the way I should have been. You guys were still just trying to find the place to be so that while everything else is hard, you still had that community. It just happened to be that it wasn't easily found, Um, which kind of led to now, which is what is happening now in your life.
2: Yeah, well, so eventually we gave up trying to find a new church around us and we're like, we're going to make the drive to Collective. Like, we're going to come back um, to Collective because that's where you felt community. And you can't experience the real depth of that community living far away, but at least we can come to church on Sundays kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Having that that depth of faith coming out of college and intentionality and in putting our marriage on God, like, really, that foundation was so important for our marriage with like working long days or, or dealing with this, um, like I know Katie loves God above all else and like yeah. also loves me and wants our marriage to point yeah. and yeah. drive towards God. I know I want that too. This is gonna work. Like yeah. and it's all it's always coming back to that. Um and both enjoying when it's like a blessing and amazing, but also when it's hard. Like yeah. we're gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this will be fine. Um and
0: yeah. So we did a lot of healing, like things started yeah. to get better. We came back here from yeah. Bethesda.
2: Yeah, and then started bringing people with you. We did start <laughs> bringing people crazy. with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, I mean, we hit a good rhythm. It was we're still pulled in a lot of these different directions. We're still pretty busy, but like I, we settled into a pretty good rhythm for a while. Good for where we and, were. And you yep. know, I think we hit a point where like my my faith had never been stronger in God, and it was kind of around then. Katie mentioned like, hey. Maybe we should get baptized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you did, this is like December 2022. 20, yeah. 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 So, like, we've been coming back to Collective regularly for a few months now. You did a sermon on baptism. And, like, I have believed in God my whole life. I have, like, followed Jesus since I understood, like, what that meant for a personal relationship, but I had never been in a community that really talked about baptism. And so I had never really thought about it for me. You know, like I was like, well, I, I was baptized as a baby. I did a confirmation. Yeah. Like if it's about a public declaration of faith, I did that too. You know, like, right. so I had never really thought about it. And like kind of like any other time you would preach on it, I would be like, well, maybe no. <laughs> sure, yeah." yeah. Um, and so, but then for whatever reason that, that December I really was like you know like I think like we really should do this and I am an external processor so basically having that conversation I was like we should probably do this and then like two weeks later I was like yeah I'm ready um Mitch is an internal processor (laughs) (laughs) so he was processing
2: so my my extended family was like religious and Catholic so when I was like an absolute baby I got like christened yep. and whatever yep. um, and yeah. I, I kind of had in the back of my mind like wanting to make the decision as an adult like to be baptized and be Christian but I'm like I want to find a church first that like yeah. I'm involved in no because yeah. jumping around from college jumping on a couple different churches involved in yep. Christian ministry yep. moving all over the place like I hadn't ever really gotten involved with the church nor really knew how to do that because yeah. I, I didn't that grow up in the church yeah. um, so I didn't really know how to make that like leap, but it was it was Katie bringing it up, and then your sermon on basically exactly what I just said yeah. of hey, it's it's important to do that like make the decision yourself and talk about how Jesus, you know, baptized within three days and all of that kind of hit me. And then also looking back, I'm like, oh, my faith has never been stronger. Um, I've done a lot of like listening to apologetics and stuff, and yeah. it's like I feel really confident about about this and feel really good. I'm like, oh, well, it seems like the right move. <laughs> yeah. But that was all internal processing over a bit of time while Katie was like, you ready to go? And I'm like... It basically <laughs> got to the
0: point where I was like, I'm going to check the box and I would like to get baptized with you, but yeah. if you're still processing, yeah.
2: okay, but like, yeah.
0: I'm going to check the box. Yeah. and am was like, okay, I'll check the box. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then we get baptized.
1: It was really, just a really cool thing to be a part of. And, but the bigger thing too, for me... And you guys had, like, you guys told me this, but it was, like, it wasn't just, you know, and you said it, it wasn't just baptism was saying, hey, like, it's hard right now to be here all the time because we're, we're really far away, but, like, this is our place. And that was a big deal because you guys have been searching for that for a long time, and this is not the easier option when it comes to life and where life is taking you. Um, but it was, like, a lean in. And it's a huge next step because you're saying, like, okay, like, we're going to make this work, and that was a lot. It's a big. It was a big decision for you guys, and it was. It was. I mean, I'm biased, but it was awesome. Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah. So we get baptized. We start leading a group, mm-hmm. and then we. Ca- our lease is ending in July, and so we're trying. But we're still spread out between all of the places that we were spread between two years ago, except that. I guess now Frederick is Frederick is back in the equation because sure. we started coming to church sure. here.
2: But July this month, we're up to present time now. Yeah, like, we're talking. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah when this Not podcast July comes out, like we're talking a month ago. The next couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Past yeah, yeah. When it comes out Yeah. Shoot. It'll
1: be a. It'll be about a month later. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're talking right now.
0: Yeah, so we have to start wrestling with what, like, where are we gonna go? Could move closer to Mitch's job, and just hope again to find a church which we we didn't really want to do that but we were like maybe we could research ahead of time find something that could work and we our college community is still largely there yeah um well more so for mitch at this point most of my friends have moved away from the area we could come up here which is far from mitch's work about the same for me to baltimore from bethesda so it is what it is or we could do another year of what we've been doing, Um, just kind of being in between everything.
2: Um, But it was, we had a lot of long nights and long debates of just working together to try to figure this out and like, okay, what's best for us? What's best for our marriage? Um, You know, what's best for each of our lives? Like, we're going to be happy. We're going to thrive. We started praying a lot about it. We asked some of our friends to pray with us. And (laughs) there was this one point where I was like, Fairly confident the move was back towards Fairfax, and then my job switched to like unlimited time off, and I was like, oh, okay, the time commitment to Fredericks a lot easier. Wow! And then our really close friends, we were gonna go move nearby, um, yeah. got gifted a parsonage from their church, and they're moving away from that area. We're like, so maybe this is no longer the Yeah. It's like doors. all these
0: really good things happened that yeah. were like, mm, maybe not fair yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like doors closing in like a very good way. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. um, that kind of changed our perspective a little bit.
0: So now we're moving to Frederick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which, which feels really good to be coming back here, being able to actually fully get involved the way that we've been like missing for yeah. the last several years.
1: Well, I'm biased, but one of the things that you guys do really well is community, and one of the things that's been a passion in yours, one of the things that you guys have skills in, is small groups. So as you guys were talking about moving, and, and really like we, I think in general we often have very candid conversations about everything. Katie, you're always very honest with me. And, but one of the things that you've expressed and one of the things that you guys have been honest about is like, it is hard for people our age to get connected and part of you guys moving back was also saying, we want to be a part of this solution. And so what's really exciting for us, and this has been a burden we have felt and Katie, you've been a, a big push on this in a good way is that young adult contingent at collective. Cause when collective started, it was all young adults and now we're older, right? Like I was 30, 29, 30 when we started collective. And now I'm not that age anymore. And so what I'm excited about for you guys to move back as well is that you guys are going to push this young adult ministry stuff forward with us. And this fall, for the first time ever, we will have a small group just geared toward young adults. Now. The question that we talked about ahead of time is, what is young adult? Okay. We're talking under 30. So for those of you listening who are like, I'm a young 37, you're not. Okay. I'm 37. I'm not a young 30. I have a knee brace on right now because I played basketball and hurt myself. Like, you know, but there's this, this contingent here that have been through similar things that you guys have been through. And while I wish, you know, four years ago in 2019, we were there, we weren't. Um, but I'm so thankful now that we have a couple who can say, Hey, we've been through the hard part of this. Therefore, we are now going to make sure that this isn't hard for other people between eighteen and thirty years old to say, hey, i'm gonna f- I'm gonna find this community here. And so i'm I'm really excited. you know, I, I've been praying for you guys for the last few months with your move, trying not to be biased, being honest about, hey, I don't know if you guys move, you'll be able to do both, which is have the church community. but also, lead other people, which is what God put on your heart so many years ago. And so, you know, starting the fall of this year, we'll have officially start moving the 18 to 30 year old stuff forward because I'm not young anymore. So, but that, that's, what's really exciting. It's not just that you guys are saying, Hey, this is the church community, but it's saying we're going to take what God has given. And and really you're gifting because you guys are so gifted when it comes to leading small groups, pairing you guys up, which now Mitch, you have a partner that, you know, it's not the end of your, your college ministry years where it's like you guys work really well together and seeing what God can do. Um, so if you are 18 post high school, really, you got to get out of high school, post high school to 30 and you're looking for community. uh after this podcast comes out, it'll come out right around the time we're, we're pushing groups, go talk to Mitch and Katie, because I can guarantee the thing that you are wrestling with, they have shared on on this podcast of things that they have wrestled with and are still wrestling with the, the life the life stuff. Where do, where do we end up? But it's crazy to think that how where, where you guys started, and this is where you're ending up. But so much of it in your faith, and this is, again, the thing that I admire the most, is when God closes doors, you don't sit in that space of going, I'm mad that this store is closed. You're going, okay, God, what's next? You know, it's you guys choosing to take your story and not just have it be your story, but go, okay, God, what do you want to do with this? Which is really exciting. Um, I know it took us long enough. Like, I get it. Listen, like this is something Katie and I have been talking about for, since we opened the building was, you know, you looking around going, Hey, there's a lot of people our age here. And while there are groups and anybody can join any, any group, you, being honest with me and sharing like it's really hard for us it's not that we feel like there aren't other people here it's saying it's really just it's tough as a 23 year old 24 year old 25 year old in the church in general to get connected and you guys are going no we're going to dig that ditch um, which is which is exciting Um, so what does your
2: faith feel like now it feels good it feels strong I, i think one of the things i i had to learn about faith is that it 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 kind of comes in waves and, and cycles. Like, despite, I mean, how amazing and good everything is going, like, oh, I'm still nervous about a long commute. Yeah. Um, I'm still nervous about being an introvert and being in front of people. I'm still nervous about God, despite how many endless times you have let me say the right words, you have spoken through me, like, you know, trusting that it's not my words, and not my own personal biases or, or whatever that's coming through when I'm teaching people that it's really the word of God. Yeah. still a lot of nervousness there, but also a lot of, Excitement! Excitement to be involved with the church community. Excited to be married to an amazing woman <laughs> that I get to call my wife. Like, Thank you. I mean, it's not a bad life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think like there's been highs where it's felt really strong, and there's been lows where it's like what is happening or not really understanding it, but like still always having that foundation. And so I think I'm, you know, I'm really excited. I think, like Michael said, like this is something that has been on my heart specifically for a really long time, like young adults. And that definitely was like a big push in like the move to Frederick. Like it wasn't just, we like collective, so we'll move up to Frederick. Yeah. But it was like, here's this chance, like or here's like another door opening of something that's been on my heart for a really long time and just like another thing that seems like it's the right choice. And so one of the like, the good things about marriage is that like, you're there for each other in the highs and lows and like the faith can kind of supplement an ebb and flow. And so like, it's, it's a little scary to see what'll happen, but I think it'll be good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's an exciting new season for you guys. And there are people in their 18, 1920s, like mid 20s that a lot of their beginning into adulthood or end of maybe even the end of high school was COVID. And and there's a lot that happened and we're seeing the impact on 20 somethings who are struggling more with mental health than, you know, what we perceived 20 year olds did 10 years ago, stuff like that. And so, you know, part of it is like, uh, it's hard existing and it's hard being young and wanting to love Jesus culture is moving away from that, you know, and, um, it's cool and wonderful that you guys are going to create the space where people can wrestle and find community and not be alone in a place that is very transient and people are moving here like crazy at the same age. You guys were just a little bit ahead of the game, you know, coming to Frederick, but it's exciting. So let's do this. Um, In light of everything that you guys have been through, if you could share any wisdom or advice, what would it be? Because, you know, beautiful thing about wisdom is sometimes we learn it and, and really everybody on this podcast, the reason why I love this podcast so much is you guys are, have been through some hard things and wrestled with some stuff and still, still are, but you choosing to give wisdom is saying, Hey, I, I'm, I'm fine with being a leader and going first. Mm-hmm. And he, and here's what I've learned so that the person listening doesn't have to go through that. Or if they get into that season, they go, I'm not alone. Or they go, Oh, I heard this. These people share this story and I remember how they said they got out of this or how they dealt with this. Um, and it, it can help other people. So with wisdom, if there's anything that you could share for people listening, what would it be? And Katie, we'll start with you.
0: Um, you need people, people in your corner, and you need to be in community. Um, you know, I have really, really great friends from college that I still talk to all of the time, and they're really foundational in my faith. But they, they don't live here, you know, and that's different too. Like they are amazing people that I have, but I also need, I need people where I am and you need to be in a community where you physically are.
2: I'd say for me, this calling to be a leader, you know, I've, throughout a lot of my life, I felt young or unqualified or whatever for the position and coming from it, from the perspective of like, you know, it's not anything for me like I don't want the spotlight I don't sure. want any of this pressure or whatever but it, it's it, it's looking at a tough challenge or something you're facing and, and realizing oh someone else isn't stepping into that role like let me trust God um, for him to like bring me into that and like it's not it's not through my own power or anything I figured out actually I don't have to have it all figured out I just see the path and like okay that's the challenge like if no one's stepping into it like you've got to and um it's just for me it's just been such a better way to look at life and for my own mental health of all these ways the boat is is being rocked or or thrown against it and just saying okay god why are you taking me and going for it yeah
1: i'm very thankful and collective is very lucky um to have you guys and have, you feel the burdens you feel, but also to have the success that you guys have had in creating community, you know, and that, that burden's carried through. Um, all right. So last question, we always end with this question on every episode and it's, Hey, if there was one verse, a few verses, um, that would be your favorite.
2: Oh, one. So one of the earliest books in the Bible actually read was Ecclesiastes just from that, like nihilism teenager spot in my life. I'm like, what's the point of all this? You know did some research in the bible and like oh solomon wise man ever and reading through and it's just like yeah it's all meaningless it's all yeah. pointless yeah um but then that coming to ecclesiastes 2 24 to 26 is like there's nothing better for a man that he should eat drink and find enjoyment as toil for this i saw is from the hand of god and that like even the smallest most mundane things in life don't have meaning unless it's through and with god and you can find so much meaning in every aspect of your life that God is there yeah, and good. seeing God in everything. And that that foundation is an important reminder to this day um, when I hit, like, um, you know, how mundane or tough or whatever life yeah. is, is just finding the beauty in it. Um, and then yeah. James 1, verse 2 and 3, I think, says, uh, count it all on joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, because those trials produce steadfastness. Yeah. Um, I think that's the theme we've hit on the podcast so far of, you know, the waves rock the ship and now you're like, okay, let's go, God. Where are you taking me? Um, Not being like I'm the victim here. Like, okay, like let's do this. Like I I trust you and through you, not through me, we can make anything happen. So I'm here. And then just, just the golden rule, like love each other or love God above all else and love each other like you love yourself. And just that reminder of like, Everybody has, is made an image of God mm-hmm. and there is something beautiful and amazing in any person. If you're bored by people, you're not looking closely enough. Yeah. Um, you're not getting vulnerable enough and, um, just trying to, you know, ask God a lot, what do you want from me? And it really is just love people. And yeah. that's a very broad topic. It's a very narrow topic that can mean a lot of things, but just coming back to that and yeah. as long as I'm orienting myself rightly towards that focus, I'm hopefully doing it right.
1: Yeah, that's great. Kitty, do you also have three? No, I'm okay, okay. only going to share one. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it is more of a passage than a yep, verse. That's fine. Um, so it's Jeremiah 29, 5 to like 14. Basically, the Israelites are in exile and they're kind of like, well, this time doesn't matter. We're in exile. Like, we're just going to do whatever we want. Um, and so they get this letter that's like, no, like, don't waste this time in exile. Like, plant gardens, build families, like, build community and like, Make the most of this time that you feel that you're in exile and like God will come deliver you back And that I feel like rings really true Like I've I've liked that passage since before a lot of the stuff we went to through But I think it like really resonates even more after everything we've been through so far.
1: Yeah, and what's really important too about Jeremiah 29 is people often just want to quote 11 Mm -hmm. which is like for I have plans for you to succeed and prosper but people don't tend to read the beginning part, which says, hey, I know you, you're you in this place you don't want to be in, you know. and I know you're going through something you didn't ask for. And the Israelites, it was their fault, but like, they're in this place they don't want to be, in. God's like, hey, like, make the most of where you're at, and then something good's going to come from that. And it's so important in our faith and in the highs and lows and everything that we go through to understand that we might not like where we're at, but if we do what God asks us to do, like he'll, he'll deliver us from it. And I know for you guys, there's still a lot ahead, you know, there's still decisions and choices and career changes and, you know, degrees and all of that in your future. Um, but what's really cool is that you guys are are saying, Hey, in this season of life, like this is what we're going to do. And this is what God's asking of us. And um, I'm thankful for you guys. I am unbelievably humbled that I get to, see your life and have been able to experience the things I've been able to experience with you guys. And, um, you know, I say this from time to time on the podcast collective doesn't deserve the credit that people give us, um, when it comes to like their own health and, and healing it, we just happen to be in the right place at the right time, I think. And, and really has way more to do with people saying, okay, God, like I'm going to trust you. And we just happen to be a place that exists here. Um, but it means a lot that you guys, uh, love this church and would drive very far for this church, um, but even more so that you would actually change your life and move here, um, not just for your own faith, knowing that that's a part of it, but for the faith of others. And I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, again, I'm just going to plug it because I'm really excited about it. Hey, if you're 18 to 30 and you're looking for community at Collective, you should join uh, the Young Adult Small Group that'll kick off this fall with Mitch and Katie. Go find them after service because they would love to meet you and help you get connected and dig in and, um, find the community that, that they have longed for and that they're willing to to dig deep and and create. And so I'm thankful for you guys. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for your vulnerability and your honesty and, uh, just how real you guys are. And, uh, I can't wait to see what happens next.
2: Thank you, Mike.